I don't know if it's morning or afternoon. I'll say both. Good morning and good afternoon. That's Twisted Sister frontman Dee Snyder, and I'm Britt Aylin, and this is The Chain, a podcast about the different things that link songs together. Previously on The Chain, we discussed Twisted Sister's most recent political adversary, Australian politician Clive Palmer, as well as others who've used We're Not Gonna Take It in their political campaigns with and without permission. This episode, we're going to travel back in time to 1985 to visit one of Twisted Sister's earlier foes, Tipper Gore and the PMRC. Well, my 11-year-old likes Prince. However, on the album Purple Rain, there is a song called Darling Nikki, which deals with the subject of masturbation, and that is in the lyrics. I did not feel that was appropriate for my then 10-year-old child to have purchased. That's Tipper Gore on Nightwatch in 1985. The then wife of Al Gore, who at the time was serving in the US Senate, she was so horrified by the lyrical contents of Prince's Darling Nikki that she formed a committee called the Parents Music Resource Centre. Here's fellow founding member Susan Baker introducing the organisation. The Parents Music Resource Centre was organised in May of this year by mothers of young children who were very concerned by the growing trend in music toward lyrics that are sexually explicit, excessively violent, or glorify the use of drugs and alcohol. Our primary purpose is to educate and inform parents about this alarming trend, as well as to ask the industry to exercise self-restraint. One of the first things the PMRC did was put together a list of 15 songs which were popular at the time that the committee believed contained objectionable lyrics. Colloquially known as the Filthy 15, this list contained Twisted Sisters' We're Not Gonna Take It, alongside Darling Nikki by Prince, Sugar Walls by Sheena Easton, Eat Me Alive by Judas Priest, Strap On Robbie Baby by Vanity, Bastard by Motley Crue, Let Me Put My Love Into You by ACDC, Dress You Up by Madonna, Animal by Wasp, High and Dry by Def Leppard, Into the Coven by Merciful Fate, Trashed by Black Sabbath, In My House by Mary Jane Girls, Possessed by Venom, and Shebop by Cyndi Lauper. These 15 songs were further categorised by their lyrical content, with labels such as sex, language, violence, and occult references. The PMRC used this list and its categories as the framework for a rating system, not unlike film and TV classification. And after campaigning with record labels, the organisation, which was primarily made up of politicians' wives, used their connections to bring this request before the Senate on the 19th of September 1985. We are asking the recording industry to voluntarily assist parents who are concerned by placing a warning label on music products inappropriate for younger children due to explicit sexual or violent lyrics. This is typical at the Senate hearing. The Parents Music Resource Center originally proposed a categorical rating system for explicit material. After many discussions with the record industry, we recognize some of the logistical and economic problems and have adjusted our original suggestions accordingly. We now propose one generic warning label to inform consumers in the marketplace about lyric content. The labels would apply to all music. We have asked the record companies voluntarily label their own products and assume responsibility for making those judgments. We ask the record industry to appoint a one-time panel to recommend a uniform set of criteria which could serve as a policy guide for the individual companies. 
Those individual recording companies would then, in good faith, agree to adhere to this standard and make decisions internally about which records should be labeled according to the industry criteria. We have also asked that lyrics for labeled music products be available to the consumer before purchase in the marketplace. Members of the PMRC brought in examples of song lyrics, record covers, merchandise and video clips, which they deemed inappropriate for children. Several of these examples came from Twisted Sister. This is the cover of Twisted Sister's high-selling LP for Atlantic Records called Stay Hungry. An example of Twisted Sister's appeal to young people is evident. The back-to-school contest being run by MTV's first prize is a meeting with Twisted Sister. This is Pastor Jeff Ling, a consultant to the PMRC. The hit song from the album, We're Not Gonna Take It, was released as a video which you saw just a moment ago, a video in which the band members proceed to beat up Daddy, who won't let them rock. Their first album, which has been re-released by Atlantic Records, is called Under the Blade. The title song includes words like, your hands are tied, your legs are strapped, you're going under the blade. In lyrics from the song, Shoot Em Down, the band sings, they think we're fools, want to make their own rules, it only gets us madder. They think they're hot, well I say they're not. They shoot us down for fun. If they don't want to play, then let's make them pay. Shoot them down with a fucking gun. Fortunately, it wasn't just the PMRC and their associates who testified before the Senate at this hearing. Dee Snyder gave testimony on behalf of the music industry, but also to refute the claims made about his band. My name is Dee Snyder. That's S-N-I-D-E-R. I have been asked to come here to present my views on, quote, the subject of the content of certain sound recordings and suggestions that recording packages be labeled to provide a warning to prospective purchasers of sexually explicit or other potentially offensive content, unquote. Before I get into that, I'd like to tell the committee a little bit about myself. I'm 30 years old, I'm married, I have a three-year-old son. I was born and raised a Christian and I still adhere to those principles. Believe it or not, I do not drink, I do not smoke, and I do not do drugs. I do play in and write the songs for a rock and roll band named Twisted Sister that is classified as heavy metal. And I pride myself on writing songs that are consistent with my above-mentioned beliefs. With his permed hair, aviator sunglasses, and ripped denim vest, Snyder looked the part of a heavy metal musician. But he surprised the PMRC by presenting a well-thought-out and eloquent argument. Since I seem to be the only person addressing this committee today who has been a direct target of accusations from the presumably responsible PMRC, I would like to use this occasion to speak on a more personal note and show just how unfair the whole concept of lyrical interpretation and judgment can be and how many times this can amount to little more than character assassination. I have taken the liberty of distributing to you material and lyrics pertaining to these accusations. There were three attacks in particular which I would like to address. The first accusation was about the song Under the Blade, as mentioned by Pastor Jeff Ling. Snyder explained that the song was actually about Twisted Sister guitarist Eddie Ojeda's throat surgery. As the creator of Under the Blade, I can say categorically that the only sadomasochism, bondage and rape in this song is in the mind of Ms. Gore. Next up was the inclusion of We're Not Gonna Take It on the Filthy 15. The PMRC has made, a public, made public a list of 15 of what they feel are some of the most blatant songs lyrically. On this list is our song, We're Not Gonna Take It, 
upon which has been stowed a V rating indicating violent lyrical content. You'll note from the lyrics before you that there is absolutely no violence of any type either sung about or implied anywhere in the song. Now, it strikes me that the PMRC may have confused our video presentation for this song with the meaning of the lyrics. It's no secret that videos often depict storylines completely unrelated to the lyrics of the song they accompany. The video for We're Not Gonna Take It was simply meant to be a cartoon with human actors playing variations on the Roadrunner Wild E. Coyote theme. Each stunt was selected from my extensive personal collection of cartoons. You'll note when you watch the entire video that after each catastrophe our villain suffers through, in the next sequence he reappears unharmed by any previous attack, no worse for the wear. The final accusation challenged by Snyder pertained to the band's merchandise. In a public forum, Tipper Gore had said, quote, You look at even the T-shirts that kids wear and you see Twisted Sister and a woman in handcuffs sort of spread-eagled. This is an outright lie. Not only have we never sold a shirt of this type, we have always taken great pains to steer clear of sexism in our merchandise, records, stage show, and personal lives. Furthermore, we have always promoted the belief that rock and roll should not be sexist, but should cater to males and females equally. I feel that an accusation of this type is irresponsible, damaging to our reputation, and slanderous. I defy Ms. Gore to, Ms. Gore, sorry, to produce such a shirt to back up her claim. I'm tired of running into kids on the street who tell me that they can't play our records anymore because of the misinformation their parents are being fed by the PMRC on TV and in the newspapers. Snyder argued that it's each parent's responsibility as an individual to monitor the music consumed by their children, and that introducing a governing body and rating system would promote censorship and ultimately be damaging to the music industry. After his prepared statement, he was questioned by members of the Senate about his use of profanity, his belief in the church, and his suitability as a parent. Here's a particularly harsh example of some of the criticism he faced from Senator Jay Rockefeller. How many months in the course of the year do you spend on the road, away from home? In the course of a year, it would be tough to say, over a two-year period, because I would spend uh, about 11 months on the road and... 13 months at home recording an album, things like that, doing videos. 11 months on the road in a two-year period? Yeah, because you do a tour and then you go in and record albums. I've been off the road now for you 10 months. You take your child with you? He comes sometimes. Some when of the your child, nine years from now, when your child is 12 and in school, will you take your child with you? Absolutely. When your child's in school? Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Thank you for clarifying. No, I would not take him out of school. And how will it be possible for you to, as a responsible parent, to spend the time that you suggest uh, going through and listening to these records and finding out what it is that you want your son to listen to and what you don't want him to listen to. To be perfectly honest, nine years from now, I'm going to be well retired. <laughs> and I'm going to spend, I'll be spending more time with my son than any other parent probably ever spends. That's one of the beautiful things about rock and roll is that I can retire hopefully at a very early age. But even now, uh, I'm very lucky that I have a wife uh, who I've been going with for 10 years now, we've been married for four, uh, who is this incredible mother. And she, when I'm gone, fills the role, uh, it's a very difficult job too, of mother and father. Does she uh, go through these, uh, do you expect later on then that she'll be going through these uh, records? 
I think both of us will be doing that, that, doing that. You, you expect me to believe that? Oh, you can. I'm terminally teenage. I'll be listening to my son's records. As you can hear, Snyder completely held his own against this questioning. While the PMRC may have been expecting him to testify as an irresponsible, drug-addled and misogynist member of the heavy metal community, Snyder proved them wrong. And he wasn't the only musician whose testimony defied expectations. Also speaking on behalf of the music industry was beloved all-American folk musician John Denver. Many expected the wholesome and clean-cut Denver to side with the PMRC, but that was not the case. You see, over a decade earlier, Denver's single Rocky Mountain High was mistakenly believed to be about drug use and had been banned from several radio stations. The song is actually about the serenity experienced in Colorado's Rocky Mountain National Park. This was obviously done by people who'd never seen or been to the Rocky Mountains and also had never experienced the elation, the celebration of life or the joy in living that one feels when he observes something as wondrous as the perceived meteor shower. On a moonless and cloudless night when there are so many stars that you have a shadow from the starlight. And you're out camping with your friends, your best friends, and introducing them to one of nature's most spectacular light shows for the very first time. Obviously a clear case of misinterpretation. Mr. Chairman, what assurance have I that any national panel to review my music would make any better judgment? So, when Denver was asked his opinions on the PMRC's proposed warning labels and rating system, he was very much opposed. Discipline and self-restraint when practiced by an individual, a family, or a company is an effective way to deal with this issue. The same thing when forced on a people by their government, or worse, by a self-appointed watchdog of public morals, is suppression and will not be tolerated in a democratic society. Mr. Chairman, the suppression of a people or of a society begins, in my mind, with the censorship of the written or spoken word. It was so in Nazi Germany, it is so in many places today where those in power are afraid of the consequences of an informed and educated people. In a mature and incredibly diverse society such as ours, the access to all perspectives of an issue becomes more and more important. Those things which in our experience are undesirable generally prove to be unfurthering and sooner or later become boring. That process cannot and should not be stifled. My favourite part of Denver's testimony, however, has nothing to do with the PMRC. It's from the very end of his questioning when he was interrupted by the chairman with a reminder that he needed to leave early. I my understanding that you have to leave. Is that correct? Are you going to... Senator, I appreciate that. Yes, I have an appointment with NASA at noon, and uh, if it's possible, I would like to go to that, but I also really appreciate being able to discuss this with you all, and I'm happy to stay if I can handle that. Let me ask uh, if there are any, are there any more questions? Mr. Chairman, I will, uh, I will stop uh, my questions at this point and wish uh, Mr. Denver good luck in getting on the space shuttle. It turns out that John Denver was a massive space nerd, and he worked with NASA to bring in the citizens in space program. In 1985, NASA gave him a Public Service Medal for helping to increase awareness of space exploration by the peoples of the world, which was an award usually reserved for spacecraft engineers and designers, rather than folk musicians. And when Denver left this hearing early, he was undergoing NASA's physical examinations as a finalist for the first Space Shuttle Citizens trip. Sadly, though, he never made it into space. Anyway, back to the PMRC. 
Tibbagore and her co-conspirators were successful in lobbying the Recording Association of America, convincing them to voluntarily place a parental advisory sticker on records with explicit language or lyrical content deemed inappropriate for children. Record labels began to release censored versions of some albums, removing the questionable content. These clean versions were made available alongside the originals, with a sticker saying edited version, where the parental advisory sticker would be. Some major US retailers, notably Walmart, will only carry censored records so as to maintain a family-friendly reputation. Other US stores, such as Target, distribute both. Some journalists have suggested that the tipper sticker, as it's colloquially known, actually helps artists as young fans are able to find explicit content easier. But others have argued that it further perpetuates the stigma against genres such as rap and heavy metal. These days, it's commonplace to see explicit labels embedded into digital singles from stores such as iTunes, many of which also have clean versions or radio edits available. Spotify also labels explicit content, as does YouTube, with filters available for parents to hide this content from their children. And as for the Parents Music Resource Centre, the sticker was their only achievement. Tipagore resigned from the group in 1993 when her then-husband became US Vice President, and the organisation quietly disbanded not long after. The entire 1985 Senate hearing is available on C-SPAN, and you can find it via the link in the show notes. Coming up on The Chain, we'll learn more about John Denver, but for now, let's press play on Rocky Mountain High. I'll catch you next time.